Hi everybody, this is Eri Lehtinen from Helsinki, Finland, and you're listening to Talking Blues. We last met in Norway in 2010, I believe, and uh, you're playing here tonight at the TG Jazz Festival, and uh, you're kind enough to sit down with me, so thank you for doing this. My pleasure, really. Nice How to see you. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm actually a bit tired to, to, to this morning because I stayed up last night. I went to went to, to Rome to see the bands and in the in the museum, yeah, which is you? amazing. We don't have this in Finland <laughs> that you have a party inside of the museum among the dinosaurs and all the beautiful things. Yeah, yeah. So you haven't been to Toronto before. Uh, no, I haven't been to Toronto before, no. But you have played in Canada, and you're actually coming That's back right. in the summer, right? Uh, yeah, we're actually coming back with my band in August. We're going to do some festivals. We do Kitchener Blues Festivals, Donnacona, and a uh, couple of more. more. And um, yeah, so wow. it's it's good fun. I, I enjoy Canada, and I this is my uh, third visit in Canada. I was let me here. ask you, what is it about Canada that you like? I don't know. It's the people. It's the vibe. People are really nice, and um, uh, they kind of take you right away as, as you are. And and maybe this, I kind of I can understand why there's so many Finnish people living in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have a Finnish audience base in Canada? Uh, well, not that I know of, really. But I hope there is some uh, like. Uh, Finnish-related rela- people who have found me, but right. but I don't know about those really. Okay. But but uh, when we played in Thunder Bay, I had um, this was two, in 2014. I had a lot of people coming and saying to me, "Yeah, hey, actually, you know, I have Finnish roots." And I was, oh, cool. Yeah, because uh, there's a decent Finnish population in. There's a decent, and yeah. decent is um, a little thing to say about it because it is actually the biggest amount of fin- Finns living outside of Finland. Really. In Canada. Wow. Tell me about growing up in Finland. Oh, childhood. <laughs> uh, my childhood was very happy, careless. Uh, and I got to enjoy pure nature, uh, air. By the way, they have a renovation. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Just... I forgot to say. I forgot it because they were quiet today until now. (laughs) That's okay. Okay. So uh, I I grew up in a very happy family and with a nice environment with two brothers. And uh, I remember we used to play a lot in forests. So we didn't play in these like playing fields, really. I, I never kind of liked them. I always wanted to go to the forest and climb on the mountains. But did you grow up in Helsinki or in a smaller town? A smaller town called Kuopio. We had 88,000 inhabitants in Kuopio. It's in the east of Finland. A couple of hundred kilometers away from Russia border. (laughs) Did you, I mean, you don't know any different, but did you enjoy growing up in a small town? Yeah, I think my childhood was was very, um, it was very happy and, and and uh, I remember I enjoyed that, that I had, had a such a big connection to the nature. Right. And uh, I do remember that my mother and father, we had 
we had like little f little bit of a not farming but you know we were growing up potatoes and uh, peas and, and strawberry and things like this wow. so, so it was amazing to have all these things in in your own uh, backyard yeah. and and I remember my schoolmates didn't have this. They were living in the suburbs, but we lived a little bit further away from suburbs, not too far away, just a couple of kilometers. But still, we had all these natural sources in our, in, you know, on our, on our backyard. And now when all this is coming back, nowadays everybody wants yeah. to have the organic food and trying to think of the environment. So we were already doing it that back then. Well, that's interesting. So how did music come into your life? Um, well, it was always there. My mother is a bass player and oh. father is a guitar player and uh, they had a band from 1960s. So they were touring together and playing Finnish dance music all over Finland. So they were professional musicians? Well, well, actually, well, you could say that they were professional, but my father also, also uh, had a, like a day job. And so they toured together a few years and um, then my mother got sick and, and so they stopped touring and, and you know, raised a family. Right. So it took a few years before they started again in, in the middle of the 80s. How do you think that influenced you becoming a musician? A lot. A lot. I saw both a man and a woman doing music mm -hmm. in their house and I saw them going to the gigs. It was equal and uh, it was natural and um, we always had instruments in the house and we got to try them out with my brothers which, which was a lot of fun we have some photos of us <laughs> doing a little jam in the house and so they they encouraged us to play but they never forced us to do music so it was all very like fluent right and when i was seven years old i remember my parents asked me Eria, do you want to go to conservatory and play violin? And at first I was like, well, nah, but there's, well, okay, let's, let's, let's do it and try it. And uh, I got in because, you know, you need to apply for being a, you know, e even if you're a kid, you need to apply if yeah, you've yeah, been yeah. proved oh, in, more in serious conservatory. Music. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was accepted and, and uh, I remember I loved it from the first so at this point, we're talking classical music. We're talking about classical music, yes. Back in those days, there was no uh, education for popular music in, in my right. hometown. So, yeah, I played for seven years classical violin. Okay, and you continued studying classical music after, when you fin finished high school and you went to the conservatory? Uh, no, actually, I, I ended, ended it up when I was 14. It, oh, okay. it just didn't interest me. And those those times, because uh, you know, I was turning into teenage yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was I wanted to do something improvisational. Right. And um, so I stopped playing violin, and uh, it took me a few months that I picked it up my father's guitar. I started to play that. I had had an I had an interest to guitar before that. Okay, so you were fourteen when you quit the violin. Yes. And then you picked up the guitar when you were fifteen. Yes. Okay. But I had played a little bit of guitar before that. Right. You know, there was a little little time in my life when I was, hmm, should I, you know, try this one? But 
then after quitting by playing the violin, it kind of, um, I had the feeling that, okay, I really need to do something with music. I, um, I needed to have music right. in my life. What kind of music were you into when you first started playing guitar? Well, I was just kind of uh, borrow borrowing the books and cassettes from library <laughs> and, and playing rock and pop music. Uh, songs from Eagles, Santana, and uh, just various different pop tunes right. I wanted to play. I, I remember I was learning to play Should I Stay or Should I Go? You know how you have yeah, yeah, the yeah. Clash song yeah, yeah. with this riff in there. and. I remember the first time when I put the distortion pedal on and da 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 da. I was like, yeah, this is cool sound, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, so somewhere in your bio or somewhere on Wikipedia, it says you went to the conservatory. That was you doing the classical music with your violin. Is that correct, or did you study music after your violin? Uh, well, I went to music high school. Right. And. Then after the high school, I, I went to, well, that was actually not conservatory anymore. It was like a professional studies. Okay. So um, I went to the Kuopio uh, Conservatory to study like profession uh, in 1995. Okay. With the thought of what were you thinking at that point, that you would become a musician or you would be in the music business or? Yes, it, I definitely wanted to be a musician at that point. I was already very certain that I want to be a musician. But I also had the <clears throat> idea of maybe I will be also a pedagogue. You know, I'll be also a teacher, okay. teaching and, and uh, being a musician at the same time. So at that point when you go to school, do you have an idea of what being a musician meant to you? I, I know your parents are musicians, but in your mind, what did you think it would be? What, what did that mean in terms of being a musician? Well, I have been always very ambitious and uh, I wanted to be as good as a guitar player as I could possibly be. Right. So I was trying to learn everything that, that was given to me and just to be very um, dimensional with everything that I could have played all kinds of music. And I did. I was playing in different kind of bands. and. Uh, and then I applied for school in Sweden mm -hmm. after two years, uh, and um, I got got to be like an exchange student in Malmo Music Hög School. And, right. and yeah, and after that I applied back to Helsinki and I got into Sibelius Academy. And it took me twelve years to <laughs> graduate from there. It was like university level. Uh, Degree, but during those 12 years, a lot of things happened in my life. A lot of touring and... So how did the blues come into this? I know you said you... I know that R&B and soul was a big deal for you when you grow up. Yeah. Um, and I think that was your first band, was like an R&B band, wasn't it? Well, actually, when we were in high school, high school we had a band called Brothers and Sisters, and the, uh, we took the team out of the Blues Brothers movie. So... Uh, we were playing their songs, and then we were playing uh, songs from the movie called Commitments. Yes, yeah. And uh, also Aretha Franklin stuff and some Ray Charles, and all these were really interesting to me. And I thought, wow, what is this feeling and all this? It was kind of 
started to grow into me when I was 16, 17 years old. When, when did the blues come into this? I think around when I was 18, I kind of, I got the blues feeling. I kind of, I was going through some maybe a little bit hard time in, uh, in the high school and all that and growing up. And, uh, and we were in, in conservatory. I was watching this music video of Ray Charles playing uh, Georgia on my mind. And I still remember the moment when it kind of hit me that, that you know, that tone and interpretation and everything, just my whole uh, skin went to goosebumps and I, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to play the blues. <laughs> wow. Okay, so now watching that and thinking I need to play the blues to becoming a blues musician, tell me about that, that journey and that transition. Because oh. say, saying you want to do it is one thing, but doing it is a different thing. Yeah. Well, it's been a long bath, really. And um, where to start? <laughs> <laughs> like, so, right after you saw that and you said, I want to learn this, where did you, what did you do? What did you listen to? What well, of course, I had been learning blues scales and a lot of guitar and theory and all the music music theory and all that. I knew all of that. Mm-hmm. But that was the moment that I wanted to put together my own blues band. So I put together these friends of mine who wanted to do the blues. And uh, funnily enough, they were like 20 years older guys <laughs> than me. You know, this tells what it was like, like then. Yeah. I was... A girl in my 80s and and the guys I was playing with they were my teachers and uh, but but it was very very good time and so we picked up some tunes that we started to rehearse and and yeah it was very interesting and I do still remember the moment when I when I was singing and and try, trying to kind of finally have that thing that when you do the call and response so you sing a verse and then you a line you sing a line and then you play a riff with your guitar yeah. and for the first time when you nailed it you know and it was in all in the pocket so to speak <laughs> I was like yeah this is it what song was it do you remember uh, I think it was uh, Coco Taylor's song so I can't remember which one but but you started off playing mainly rhythm guitar and then you got more into the lead guitar playing. Well, I think that's the way it just goes. You know, right. you learn the chords first, but I always wanted to so solo. That was my thing. Okay, so how did the slide come into it? Uh, little by little, actually. Um, I one day found this slide tube when I was studying in conservatory. And uh, it was just hanging there in the wall. And... Uh, um, I picked it up and hey, this is interesting. What can I do with this? And uh, so I tried to learn that by myself. And I asked the teacher back then who was teaching, teaching guitar playing to me, that, that can you show me some things? And he said, okay, I'm not a slide guitar player, but I'll give you the little hints. And so from there it started. And tell, I, me, tell me who you listen to. I presume Elmore James would be one. But. <laughs> Well, actually, Bonnie Raitt was really the first ones I was well, listening to. Yeah. My friend gave um, her album to me, saying like, "Hey, this woman does kind of the same that you are doing." I was like, 
okay, really? <laughs> and uh, oh, f fascinating. And, and I was blown away. And um, it was actually a dream to come, come true, true when I got to meet her back in 2003 when she was playing in the Advent Bab Wister Blues in, wow. in Finland. And um, yeah, so, and, and I was listening to some kind of like old blues, like you say, Elmore James and all this. I had this compilation of different blues guitars guitar players and just learning from there and the little did, little 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 it developed did that come easy um i think i had to just learn the basics and then it's just it just felt really natural to me maybe the violin had helped you no. know to be able to hear the right notes and and where to aim because like as as in slide guitar you don't really have to you just go with the string. You don't right. have any certain points, though you have frets. You can yeah, watch yeah. the frets where you go. But tell me about that. Tell me about your classical training in your in your younger days, and and how that might have helped you become the musician you are today. I'm pretty sure that playing in the orchestra, orchestra had a big impact. I remember the moment when well the moment. <laughs> when you are sitting in, in the orchestra and you're playing the violin and you do your part and how it, it, it's in the context in the other violin players' parts mm -hmm. and the whole orchestra. And I remember that nice harmony it made, the whole big... It's, it's amazing to me how powerful that experience is to be on stage with an orchestra and, and yes. how quiet it can be and how loud it can be and That's how right. moving it can be. Yes. It was wonderful, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts of ever working with an orchestra with what you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I've done some gigs uh, with uh, Riku Niemi Orchestra in, in Finland, and they all have like horns and then they have strings and also a band. Right. So it's like everything on stage with you. And uh, I've done some big band gigs as well. You know, I have. From my early years, I got these songs that kind of are very uh, suitable for for big bands. <laughs> it's like big band music, yeah, or yeah, jump yeah. blues, yeah. And, and such. Okay, so tell me about you know going to school and thinking I'm going to be a musician. What what is your goal at that point? And 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 maybe tell me a little bit about the the music scene in Finland. Like, were you thinking? I want to be a musician and just play in Finland, or were you thinking I want to be a musician and play all over the world? And like, what kind of goals did you have when you first started? Well, I remember that I had this dream of being able to travel around the world and play my music. But I remember I didn't know exactly what kind of music it's gonna be. Mm -hmm. I know it's gonna be like p popular music, but 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 what kind? If it's like traditional blues or rock music or what it is but now I know what it is now <laughs> so um, but I just had this like image of in my head that I would love to play for people travel and play for people because you got to start somewhere and obviously you start in Finland and, and mm -hmm. you say you're going to play around how do how do you establish yourself in that country before you even make it to other places yeah that's that's a very good question and back then there was not much of a chance, really. Uh, we didn't have much of managers or record companies or, well, record companies, yes, but they wanted you to sing in Finnish and do some tango music. 
but I wanted to play blues and, and be a solo guitar player. Like I know there's some Finnish blues bands, but is there blues? Like is there a, what kind of blues scene is there? In, in no, Finland? it's great. You know, we have a lot of bands now, yeah. but it has taken a lot of effort. You know, now we're talking about my time when I was under 20. Yeah. And uh, so it's been a couple of decades and uh, a lot of things has happened. There's much more blues bands and much more uh, blues festivals. And, and there's no borders anymore because of the internet. <laughs> and it's easy to go outside and play. Right. But before that, before you went outside and play, or maybe you started very early, did you try to establish a name in Finland first? And then was it easy to go outside and play? Well, actually, I was just mainly doing anything that I was offered. I was playing in in TV bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very good to get on TV. And because I was studying in Sibelius Academy, I got to uh, hook up with people who were working in the music industry and, and you know, such like doing everything, like a freelance musician right. would do. And in some point... Uh, I I met a guitar player called Davide Floreno and we put together as uh, this band and we got a record deal to Finnish blues company Blue Light Records and that was a really nice first step to okay. kind of get the things going on. And But, at that first step, what are you thinking? What's the goal from that album? Uh, well, for that album, it was a band album and we were playing jump blues. That wasn't like... Uh, It didn't really have my voice yet that strong, but of course it had my compositions and and my impact in it. But but that was like, yeah, great, let's do a recording. And that was kind of the thing back then. And actually we did just one album with that band because I decided to go solo kind of right away. Was that a difficult decision? No, because it was something that I had in my mind all the time. But... Sometimes you need to kind of wait that the right time comes. And back then I thought maybe this is, you know, let's do this. It was like called Day Special featuring Aria Lutinen was this first album we did. It, so it was like a band album. But I had a, I had different goals. I had different musical style ideas in my head. And and you can see that you can hear the difference if you listen to this this album compared to my right. next album. So you decide to become, because it's more than just being a solo artist, because there's a lot that comes with that. Now you're kind of the boss of the band and you got to try to sell yourself. How easily did that come to you? Um, I think I'm, I, I've always been a very organized person and uh, I've always been taking care of most of my own gigs. Right. So, um, of course, nowadays, you know, back then, with the first record company and all that. I didn't have my own company. Nowadays I have my own company. I do handle the shows myself. Not all of them, but most of them. We, My company produces concerts. We get a record company and publishing company under the same name. And I've learned a lot <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> during these 20 years. <laughs> but you know, you need to start from somewhere so you see what you need to do. And uh, so when you're young and enthusiastic, you just try to do everything possible to make it. Okay, so what's the greatest lesson you learned from deciding to put out your own records? Because you were on Roof before. 
Right? I was on Rough Records, yeah. After Blue Light, I went to Rough Records on, in 2005, which was really great thing for me. That kind of brought me to the international um, scene. Right, because of the Blues Caravan and... Maybe exactly. Yeah. So that was like my ticket outside of uh, Finland. Okay, well, let me ask you about that. What was that like to now play outside of Finland? And now, was it what you thought it would be? Was it any different? Well, I hadn't been touring so much in clubs before. And uh, so there's a lot to learn about things, but it was so cool. I remember <laughs> the moment being on stage and just like, this is so cool. Of course, I had, I had done big shows before that, but just in Finland. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, like one of these shows was uh, was Yevan Bad Boys in two thousand three in front of thousands of people and with there was Bonnie Raid and Coco Taylor and uh, Marsha Ball in, in the same bill so wow. big big shows but it's a different thing to tour like heavily like week after week in Europe so during that first year I learned a lot and I met a lot of new people and new promoters and and. After that year, I, I started to book, you know, trying to book more shows for yourself because Blues Caravan, obviously, it's just, it's a compilation right. tour, so it's a different thing. During the time with you with Wurf, I think you went to Oxford, Mississippi, to record an album, correct? Is that yeah, uh, we actually recorded first with Blues Caravan in two thousand five. We went to uh, Mississippi and Memphis, okay, uh, to do this pilgrimage album. And after that, uh, Roof wanted to, me to go back to Mississippi and record another album there. So then I went to Oxford okay, in 2006. So tell me about how important it was to go to Mississippi. As a blues musician and, and mm. knowing the history, what did that mean to you? Well, it meant a lot. And those were the first times I ever went there. And, and uh, of course, I knew about about the history and it kind of struck me a lot you know just thinking all this sorrow and sadness and exploitation that was going on there for um, a couple of hundred years ago and and uh, and then this amazing beautiful deep music form coming out of that sorrow and so I think it gave a lot of depth for my for my interpretation mm-hmm. and for my music and uh, is it something you thought about a lot beforehand like when you first started getting into the blues how deeply did you get into the history of it and the circumstances well of course you you read about the history you knew knew about it but it's always when you kind of go somewhere where you can kind of feel it or you can mm-hmm. you can touch the history you you go to the cotton fields and you feel that they scratch your skin. You know, we went there one morning to take some promo f- photos and it was a beautiful morning. You know, and you hear the crickets sound and it's already really um, warm morning. And and um, you start to think of the, the cotton, it scratches you and, and you think of... Uh, the slavery and all that, what what was going on, and if you would had to work there for 14, 16 hours mm-hmm. a day, and then being treated like an 
like really like a low life. Yeah. On top of that, you can only imagine. You don't have that experience. Nowadays, we modern people we have different kind of blues, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody has their own problems, so to speak. So it it had an effect on you. It had an effect on me. <laughs> and. Playing-wise, did it change anything? Like, were you exposed to things that you might not have been in Europe? Yeah, I'm pretty sure all all kinds of different experiences give you more um, from where to take mm-hmm. and how to um, yeah how to deliver your own thing. So when you ended with Roof, that's when you decided to start your own company. Yeah, yeah. In some point, we were actually licensing with Ruff, and then then we okay. decided to put my own company together. And the first album was "The Sky Is Crying," which was a tribute album to Elmo James. Right. I was already doing a lot of promotion on my own and uh, putting my own effort and and uh, money to all the production and all that. So I was thinking, why do I kind of need a record company? So. Tell me about that, because now it's a different thing. You're now a musician and also a business person. Mm. How do you balance that out, and what what lessons did you learn from that? Well, you need to be very focused all the time. And uh, I have people working for me in my company all the time. Otherwise, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> you only have so many days, yes. so many hours a day. Yeah, that's right. And um, but you need to be organized and. Nowadays, it's it's a lot easier than, say, in back in nineties when everything had to be physically re- released. And and now it's a I would say it's probably a bit easier times. Everybody can put their music to Spotify, for example, nowadays. Right. So it's not that bad. But it's a different world, like completely it different. It is different world. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the adjustments to that, from the physical CD to a digital world. From an artist's point of view, how do you view that? It's very interesting. I I love Spotify, but I at the same token I understand the uh, the amount of uh, income what you got, got mm-hmm. from streaming. It's very small compared to physical. We did some counting with with a friend of of mine that how much you have to listen to your album in Spotify to be able to cover that one physical CD, and it was something. Something really stupid, like seventeen days or something. <laughs> when when you've bought that as a physical right, right. copy, so um, yeah. But still, in blues and blues rock, I've noticed that people still want to buy that physical yeah. album. We just had a new album out in April called Another World, and it's been going really great. And um, this is how many have you CDs have you done? Oh my gosh. I haven't counted. <laughs> I haven't counted. Maybe a dozen. Yeah, because you're consistently putting things out, like once yeah. every year, every two years. Yeah, well, that's the way you have to, you know, that's the way you really need to do it. Although, um, when I was doing previous albums, Stolen Hearts, it took me a bit more time. I was growing, growing up a family there and became a mother and all that stuff. It took time. Okay, so let's talk about that. Tell me about how difficult it is to pursue a music career while raising a family. How difficult? <laughs> is it difficult? Because you have to schedule yourself 
appropriately. Yes, yes. It's kind of a two-plated sword in, in the way that at the same time, you look super busy. I thought I was busy earlier, but no, I had lots of time. Now it's like everything is, is um, everything happens in a very short period of time. And at the same token, to having two beautiful boys, it's it's amazing how much it gives for you. And there's a really reason now why why, when I'm, why I'm doing all this, you know. <laughs> Do you work differently? Like, do you tour less? Do you? How do you schedule that side of things? Funnily, after when I got my children, uh, my tour calendar has been busier than ever. So, past five years, I've been really busy. Like, and and the past two years were been crazy. And I've been doing some TV things. Like, I did this um, TV kind of a singing contest thing called Star Stars, and it, uh, called Tähdet Tähdet. On uh, Finnish national TV, we had a um, little less than a million viewers almost every week, something like that. Wow. And this is something you can see on um, YouTube, right? Yeah, they're yeah. online. And um, and you're not necessarily just singing blues. No, I was doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I was doing Nicki Minaj and, and some 80s rock and <laughs> all sorts of things. It was like a competition. Like right. A so what made you decide... Did they reach out to you, or did you decide to? They reach out to me. Okay, and then when they did, what what was you thinking? I was thinking, yeah, I wa- I really want to do this because um, what I've learned during these um, years, you know, what I've learned in my life is be open and be courageous and try new things and don't be afraid of um, laugh at yourself. Because when you can do all that, then you learn things. Mm-hmm. And I, I got so many nice tips from that TV um, program to my own performances and, and, and to my own style as well. So did it matter that it wasn't blues? I know you, I think you did play play a blues song or whatever, but but did it matter that you're doing things out, outside of the blues realm? I've always done things outside of blues genre, really. And if you listen to my new album, it's not blues. It's maybe rock blues or even rock rock, right. or um, this this like seventies rock vibe in there. A lot of different styles, but my guitar playing is bluesy. Right. So what happened in the end with this contest? Oh, I didn't win it, <laughs> but that's okay. Did you get any other benefits from being? A lot of great benefits. You know, you you can. Uh, well, you can tell about it, the fact that, that after after that competition, I got like lots of uh, gig offers. Last year, we played around 130 shows around wow. Europe, which is a lot. So this is not just in Finland, this is across Europe, the show. Uh, the show is actually, it's aired, aired only in Finland, but you can see it online on YouTube. And so, from that, you got all these gigs. Yeah, and it just increases demand and... And um, I was offered to support Carlos Santana in Helsinki. I saw that clip. Yeah, that was amazing I'm thing. I'm sure. And <laughs> I'm still. And to be on stage with him. Yes, he, he watched our show and apparently liked it very much and came to talk to me after the show, which I'm 
always grateful to him. He's so spiritual and so giving person. And he t- told me things that, that, well, it kind of proved to me that I'm on, this, on the right path here, doing the right things and just putting my soul out there to the music. And yeah, <laughs> we had a very nice conversation in his private backstage area. Oh, that's nice. And um, yeah, he, he played some demos from his new album that we we can listen now <laughs> in and and um yeah it was an amazing moment and uh then his management actually they came to me and said that carlos wants you to get on stage with him and i was like yes sir right on <laughs> and I'll, I'll be doing it happily and we there were twenty thousand people in in the audience and this day. is totally unrehearsed totally unrehearsed i just heard the key and it's okay, right on, play an open D, I'll do this. And I just, you know, I was, I was listening. And that was the moment that all the learning in the schools, education, you know, all the different places where you've been uh, learning to play the guitar, the orchestra where I was playing the violin when I was 10 years old, all those things that I'd learned, they kind of summed up that day Mm. that you can be on stage and just be in the music without knowing what it is and you just you know vibe it out and it's it's cool that it's you can see it on youtube right like you can really live this many times over yes that's right sometimes when i get like did it really happen (laughs) (laughs) okay let's google it's there (laughs) so at this point in your life and and still raising a family but touring a lot um are you gigging as much as you want to are you how do you control your career yeah i've actually like last year was so busy um this year hasn't felt any (laughs) easier (laughs) but i don't mind i love touring i love playing for people i love the interaction on stage and uh, i get so much of energy from it so just so people know you're you're in toronto for this weekend Mm -hmm. to play with the downtown blues band to celebrate their 50th anniversary at the toronto jazz festival and so you flew in for this you're going to do um join them on stage tonight and then you're going to fly back and then you have a bunch of dates in europe this summer um do you do you have a plan like do you have goals at this point to say what you know i know you play all over europe do you think I need to get to the U.S. more, or I need to go to Asia, or do you have? Do you think that way, or how, how does how do you plan out your career? Yeah, of course, I would like to play out more, and um, Asia would be very interesting. And I've been to India a few years ago, and that was really cool. And hoping to go there back some someday. And of course, USA. Of course, USA interests me, and I do get some requests. And uh, but it's a different thing. You need to have all the visas and all that stuff happening. But definitely trying to get something like is that important to you? Because I always often I often wonder, you know, bands seem to do quite well in Europe. And I've talked to musicians in Europe who are not as interested in going to the states because 
it's so huge and it's sometimes difficult to make money mm. touring or to geographically make sense of a, lo- a long tour or whatever. What's your thinking behind that? That's correct, what you said. It's, you need to have a plan about it and, and, and just, uh, well, have a very good, um, like a plan about all the finances and, and where would you play, obviously, bigger festivals would be more wiser than right. just tour small clubs around the USA. Yeah, because it might not be financially feasible, right? Then is it worth it? Yes, you always have to think of that, of course. And um, But at the same token, you need to spread your wings and fly and, and try different places. And um, yeah, I hope someday, but well, at least we're coming to Canada, back to Canada. Yeah. It's been very cool here, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Europe, are there places that you haven't gone to that you would like to do more of, or are you pretty happy with the, the way you've covered Europe? Well, of course you want to improve and, and do more gigs and better gigs and, and around, around the Europe as well. Now we can actually do a proper tour in France, which is my first kind of a proper tour right. in that territory. So, so, which is kind of funny. You think that, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. But at the same token, you still have these things you need to kind of try out and do. I wonder how, um, how open people are to different countries in Europe. So when you go to Norway or when you go to France or Germany and you, you come from Finland and you say you're a, a Finnish blues musician, mm. Are there any biases, or it's not like that? Like I, I know when I the, the time I spent in Norway, I never got that feeling that mm. that when when you play in Totten, it doesn't matter what country you're from, they're very open to any band. Yeah, I think in Europe everybody is kind of very open. Doesn't matter in that perspective. Right. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I don't I I think they're way more open than maybe in North America. Probably. Yeah. But I don't know, I, for the first time when I was playing in Canada, I kind of got a very good response. And, and what is interesting is that when you sing your lyrics and you have your own stories, that people really get that. That's, mm-hmm. As a songwriter, that's very interesting and important as well, that they kind of get your message, what you're singing about. And you feel that immediately on stage. Yeah. And you get that kind of the response. They, you know, of, but, but of course... In in um, in this continent, blues has such a long um, roots mm-hmm. and long tradition. So instantly, when somebody does something like from that tradition, you kind of you, you got it right away. Right. Um, you mentioned before about playing Finnish songs or singing in Finnish. Hmm. Does that ever happen in your songs in in blues songs? Do you ever? Yeah, actually, uh, every year I do this. Um, Christmas show tour together with two other artists and last year we put out uh, our first single and I did an English and Finnish version of it. It's called Joulun Unelma. (laughs) For all the Finns out there it's called Joulun Unelma. Christmas Night in um, the version of it is on Spotify Christmas Night. And and the Christmas show, I know you're going on to it later on this year with that. Is that um, all Christmas music or in, it's just 
time of the year. It's everything. <laughs> we do some Christmas songs, but it's not just white Christmas. Uh, and uh, we'll be doing some rock and blues and soul music and kind of making it work um, with those three artists on stage together and having fun. Oh, neat. Um, I know you got a show later on. You're so kind to allow me this time to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Thank you.